Welcome to Trial Stories, an informative discussion of civil justice with a focus on the human story. I'm your host, Arkady Frechtman, a New York City trial lawyer passionate about helping serious injury victims and their families. Hi, everybody. This is Arkady Frechtman, a New York City personal injury trial attorney, and I'm coming to you from my office in Brooklyn, New York, um, today, August 11th. And today I had an interesting topic, and it came about due to a new client call that I received. A client's a wife fell on the steps outside of her home an apartment building and she broke her ankle really badly. It was a trimalleolar fracture. And we had a nice consultation and he wanted to retain me, but then he had a question about expenses. And it really goes to the bigger question, how much does a lawyer cost in a lawsuit or for a lawsuit? How much does a personal injury lawyer cost? So when you hire a personal injury lawyer, it's unlike other lawyers in that the personal injury lawyer is not going to charge you hourly, right? Or they're not going to take a retainer and say, hey, pay me a thousand dollars and I'm going to charge $250 an hour. And then when that's exhausted, you got to send me another thousand dollars. That's not how personal injury works. It's all free of charge. There's no upfront cost at all to the client, right? So the way personal injury works is it's based on contingency, which means that we do all the work, we pay all the expenses, but then at the end of the case, if we win a recovery, let's say we win a million dollars, we get 300,000 approximately, one third, 33.3%, 333,000 to be exact, and the client gets about close to 700,000 in that example. They get two thirds or 66.66% to be exact, right? It's like 680 something thousand, whatever it is. I'm not really good with math. That's why I became a lawyer. But but this client had an issue because he said, I'm a numbers guy. I wanna know how much I'm going to get. What will the expenses be? And you see with expenses, these are out of pocket costs. These are disbursements. This is money that we spend, that we have to spend because we have to prosecute the case. We have to move the case. For example, if I want to send a certified letter to the insurance company, it might cost me $3. Am I going to call each client and say, hey, client, Mr. Smith, come to my office and bring me $3. You could do that, right? There is an option in New York where the client can choose to pay the expenses him or herself. Most clients, I would say 99.99999% don't choose that, right? They just want the lawyer to front the expenses or advance the expenses, just pay all the expenses. Now, the thing with that is the lawyer has to communicate with the client to make sure that the lawyer isn't spending too much because this client, he didn't know me, right? And he said, how do I know you're not going to you know, hire your friends or double dip or get some kind of kickbacks and start spending a lot of money for no reason just to, you know, make a fee, uh, make more of the fee. And, you know, first of all, nobody hopefully would ever do that. That's very unethical and illegal. But the point is that, like, you can't know what the expenses would be. So what he wanted was he wanted to cap the expenses, right? And I said, look, in a case like this, a trip and fall, usually the expenses will be from 1000 maybe to 5000 on average. That's if we do not go to trial. Because what are expenses? Usually it's things like filing a lawsuit is $210. A request for judicial intervention to have a judge assigned costs $95. 
If you ever make a motion, that costs $95. Things like that. If you take a deposition, that might cost a few hundred dollars, depending on the length of the transcript. If you get medical records, if there's a lot of medical records, that could cost a few hundred dollars. I just saw a case recently where I settled the case for nearly $2 million, but it had a $551.79 medical record bill because it had extensive injuries. That case involved many elbow surgeries and the you know medical records were so expensive. So it just depends. Now, with, with respect to his case, his wife fell on this crack you know, outside their building. So I would want to hire a construction safety engineer to examine it, to find all the building code violations. And that engineer may write a 50 page report with all of these codes. Now that costs money because the engineer has to go out there. He has to spend hours examining it. And then he has to spend hours writing a report that might cost me $2,500. So, you know, now if I don't do that, I could not do that. I could just try to get on the phone and settle it for him or for, for her actually, because it's his wife. But what's gonna happen is, I bet you the insurance company is gonna offer much less money. So if I try to settle it without spending the 2,500, they might say, you know what, we'll just give you like 50,000. But if I have the engineering expert and I say, look, if you don't settle it for 500,000, I'm confident to go to trial because I have this engineering safety expert who's gonna get me all the violations that you've committed. Look at all these violations, I have a 50 page report. Now, boom, I could command the 500,000 rather than settling for 50. And the difference is, what did I spend? Like 2,500 bucks to do that, to go from 50 to 500, you see? So you could use expenses as a sword to do better for the client. And so, and the other thing is that an attorney is not allowed to just pay the expenses outright. Because then if somebody was very, very wealthy, say somebody like Elon Musk, right? Maybe he wanted to start a law firm. So he could just say, well, I'm just going to fund all the litigation myself. And then, you know, people would always go to him. It would be almost like a monopoly and it would be unfair because ultimately the law says that the client is responsible for the expenses because it's the client's case. The lawyer is allowed to advance the expenses, but the lawyer can't start funding all the litigation because then all lawsuits, you know, trip and falls, car crashes, everything would be free of charge. Lawyers would just fund everything and then it would perhaps be even more litigious. But for whatever reason, those are the rules and it's unethical for a lawyer to do so. Now, in some states, you could fund litigation. You could start a law firm even if you are not a lawyer. For example, in Arizona, I believe just recently they passed that rule and they're looking to pass it in California as well. But in New York, we do not have that rule. In New York, the lawyer has to only advance the money and then get the money back. So this client was upset. He was saying, well, I don't want to spend, you know, I think he didn't want to spend anything. He said, look, if you guys are taking a third, um, 33.3%, that's a big chunk. That's a big piece of the pie. So then I don't want to spend any money on expenses. So what I offered him is I said, look, if it's really a big issue for you, I don't really see it as an issue. And I even gave him an example. I said, look, if we were to settle the case, for example, hypothetically for a quarter of a million dollars, $250,000, and I had $2,500 in expenses, the net amount to the client after deducting the expenses would be $165,000. 
Now, if the same case, if I had zero expenses, I spent nothing, which is impossible, right? Because you have to like, file a lawsuit to do things. But just, just hypothetically, if I spent nothing, the net amount to the client would be $166,000. So it's only 1,000 more. So it doesn't really make a financial difference. But he was just so, you know, staunch and so like, you know, I don't want to have any expenses. So the way that a lawyer could ethically do it is by lowering their legal fee. So for example, instead of charging 33.3%, a lawyer could charge 32%. And charging 32% on two, uh, on 250,000, the same example, means that the client would get 2,500 more. And that way the lawyer would still front the expenses, take the expenses back, but because he's charging a smaller percentage, which is allowed, you know, he that that 2,500 would get um, given back to the client via the smaller percentage of the legal fee. So yeah, so that's basically like the types of things that we have to deal with, like thinking about all of these things. And so with a lawsuit, you know, you have the contingency fee, meaning no win, no fee. The lawyer has to take the case free of charge, spend all the money. So you have to have you know a lot of money in the bank or have access to funds. Then you have to get the result for the client, like a million dollars, hundred thousand dollars, whatever it is, you take your third off the result, you give the rest to the client and the expenses just um, come off the top usually. So the expenses are an integral part of, you know, like I was explaining before of the case, because if you don't have any expenses or if you, um, you know, you just can't handle the case, you need to. Now, what he wanted to do is he wanted to cap it at like 2,500 or some amount. You could do that. You could say, look, I'll, I'll put a ceiling on it. Like it'll be 2,500. I won't spend more than that. And if I do need to spend more, then I'll call you and I'll get your permission. For example, if I need to spend uh, 2,500 or 3,000 for the safety engineer, I'll call you and I'll say, look, as an attorney, I recommend doing this because it'll be $3,000 or whatever the fee will be. And, but this will let me prove liability and I'll get you way more money. In my experience, I'll get you like three, four or 500,000. Whereas without that, they're just going to offer 50 and you can see that's what they're offering now. So why not do it? It makes financial sense. And then it's up to the client to say yay or nay, right? It's, it's ultimately their case. It's ultimately their decision. But for typically expenses run in that range, right? From like a thousand on the really small cases, maybe less than a thousand to like a few thousand, like 3,000, 4,000. Usually they don't go over 5,000. The only time when expenses can get much larger is when you have a trial because a trial is different, right? Now 99 or 95% of cases don't go to trial. Most cases settle. But if you do go to trial, now you have to ask that doctor, for example, in that same case, right, where his wife fell, she had a surgery. She had a trimalleolar ORF, an open reduction internal fixation. So now I have to ask that doctor to cancel all his patients, all his surgeries, and come to court and be in court from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. to be uh, available for a direct examination to talk about all the medical records and cross-examination. And sometimes, hey, the defense lawyer can on purpose delay the cross-examination to bring it back a second day. So for that, the doctor might say, you know what, I want 5,000, I want 10,000. Some doctors even charge 15,000 to do that. And so there is where you can have a lot of expenses. If you have a trial, let's say with multiple doctors, you could be spending $50,000 easily. And that's just up to the lawyer and the client. If you feel the case 
is worth it, that you have a shot at winning, you could advance those costs. And if you lose, the lawyer just loses all those costs. No one is ever going to go after the client for those costs, right? So that's just a loss that the lawyer has to eat. And that's part of the risk of being a trial lawyer, a personal injury uh, trial lawyer in New York City. That's just one of the risks. Now, the same thing happens in medical malpractice. In medical malpractice, you might have to have other doctors review the uh, medical records and everything, right? To see, and maybe even do an exam of the client to see if there was a mistake, if there was medical negligence. If there was, they'll give you a report and they'll say, I'll be your expert. But to do that, you might have to spend $5,000, right? Because they're spending their time. You might have thousands of pages of medical records that this doctor expert has to review. That's not cheap. And then that doctor will have to come to court and talk about the departures from good and accepted medical practice that the defendant committed, the ways in which the defendant was negligent. So that is going to cost like another 10000 a day. So medical malpractice cases can get very expensive. The, the expenses on medical malpractice cases can easily be 50000 or more. So I hope this has been helpful. It's just a little bit of an explanation about how lawsuits work and the cost of a lawyer, because the cost of a lawyer is the legal fee, the contingent fee, the percentage, whether it's 33 or 32 or 30 or whatever. Some lawyers will say, hey, I'll do it for 25, you know, to try to undercut and get more cases. But usually those lawyers aren't like the best lawyers. You know, Usually they're they're just going to get on the phone and whatever they uh, get offered, they're just going to tell you to take. So it's better to spend a little bit more, but then you get better service and then you get better results, um, just like with anything, you know. And then, of course, all of the expenses like we talked about, the expenses for simple things like medical records or postage, um, filing fees. And then the only big expenses are when you have to go to court and pay doctors or pay experts. So I hope this has been helpful. Let us know what questions you have about the cost of a lawyer in a personal injury lawsuit, about expenses, about liens, about funding, about, you know, any questions that you have. Please like and subscribe to our channel. Hit that little notification bell so that you get notified of new videos. We're going to try to do one or two videos every week. And uh, I think very soon, hopefully in August, I'm going to start doing the lives where I go live and then you can just jump in and put comments and then I can answer your comments uh, live on uh, YouTube. Okay, everyone, have a great day. Thank you for watching and um, all the best. Bye-bye.